The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Tangentic Podcast. It's me, Seth, as always, joined by Swoosh and Dan. Hi. Hello. And uh, I've got two pieces of news for you guys this week, and I think you will be very excited by both of them. Uh, first up, we did an extra episode this week. It has uh, gone live the day before this one does on Friday uh, with Oliver from New Edge Sword and Sorcery. It's a, an upcoming magazine, and we had an absolute delight of a time. It was uh, pretty fun. Hanging out with him. Yeah, like, very cool yeah. black. So I would highly encourage you guys to check out that episode if you haven't already. I certainly hope you have. We put a lot of effort into getting that one sorted out with him since he's in Canada. and We're in Australia, so that's a bit of a time pain in the butt. (laughs) That was the only issue with this one, the fact that uh, Oliver's energy is infectious and it got me really hyped about this thing he's doing. I want this now. And then I had to try and go to bed. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> had the same problem. That, that was so That's difficult. Why I was drinking rum through it, so I knew at the end of right, I can just go to bed now. <laughs> See, I didn't think that far ahead, and that's my like, my stupidity. And Always the, have uh, rum ready. <laughs> the second piece of uh, news uh, people may have noticed, because uh, we finally got our artwork done. We finally have our new logo. Yay! Uh, we put it out live <laughs> on all the socials last week, and uh, if you've checked Spotify recently you'll have seen that all of the previous episodes have all been updated with the new artwork but we, we really love it it's it's really really good the more I look at it the more I like it and that's a dangerous thing it's, it's amazing <laughs> uh, we found very, a, a very happy great day. artist to turn Swoosh's basic sketch into a final design and I think it came out amazingly it yep. worked out pretty well we'll have to put up some information for his uh, Fiverr and everything on, on there when we can but yeah, absolutely. We'll get that done. Well, that's a little bit of housekeeping done. Uh, time to get on with uh, the rest of the show. And uh, I think we're going to start with Sony admitting a big old whoopsie. Yeah. <laughs> so It's their own Sony, stupid fault. Pretty much. So Sony basically uploaded uh, set Spider-Man's price incorrectly in a number of territories one of course is the good old land down under where we live which was to set the game at 115 dollars it has now been dropped <clears throat> back down to i think it's 93 yeah i i can only anytime i look at that it's like oh the accidentally accidentally has to be the biggest air quotes i have well, ever fucking seen it, it's accidentally like 15 percent higher than where it was in the states yeah so mm. Where, like you said, Humble Bundle had a 15% discount, which that discount brought it down to the price it's currently at. So either they accidentally jacked it up 15% everywhere and then got busting on, oh, fuck. Or, like, what else could have really happened there? Like, it's I imagine Humble was just being nice. Like, you know what? Fuck it. That's not worth that much. We'll take it down a notch. Because it is a draw for them. Like, Like, it makes you wonder, did Humble actually get it and they were like they were only having to pay the the ninety four dollars, and they were thinking, "Oh fuck, no, we get fifteen percent out of this." Or did they go, "Oh fuck, 
we're just going to do the members discount and we'll wear the difference of the cost. Like, so where do I they think actually they take might it get out? it cheaper, to be honest. I think they work out deals for Humble since a lot of their stuff goes to charity that they get it as a cheaper write-off from most of the companies. But I've never looked into it, but I imagine that what might be happening. Hopefully, I have no idea. All I know is the affected uh, territories were Australia, Israel, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Switzerland, and the UK. So, you know, some smaller places, some bigger places, it doesn't even have consistency. It's not like, oh, everyone south of the border got fucked. It's just a couple of random places. Which is sort of weird. Like, why was the pricing set so differently for those? Because I imagine when they upload the game and they set the pricing, they sort of have to go through and say, right, well, this is the pricing in... I'm assuming they upload it in America, so they upload it. This is the USD that we want for it. Shouldn't that just translate across to every other territory? Adding in whatever other taxes that needs? Like... That means they've had to go through and specifically set those prices for those countries for it to be yeah. fucked up like that. Which is a bit I mean, weird to yeah. begin with. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't know how uploading something... I've never tried to publish a game on Steam or something like that, so I honestly no. have no idea how it actually functions, but it's such a random smattering. It's not even like, oh, it was really expensive in Europe because they fucked up the conversion or whatever price setting they decided for the euro. Yeah, it's like you know, it's a it's the euro, the New Zealand dollar, the Australian dollar, the British pound, and I don't know what currency they use in Israel. So it it's a real head scratcher how the fuck that happened. I'm sure it's a real coincidence that one of the biggest pr- uh, buyers of games was jacked up. Like Australia has a huge hmm. gaming market. Like. They don't seem to care about us too often. We'll buy a lot of games. Oh, yeah. They, that's the weird thing. It's a, it's a very abusive relationship, isn't it? Like, we buy so many games, and the general consensus from, like, the game industry is, you know what, fuck Australia. Like, guys, come on. <laughs> they well, don't need servers for all the games they've just bought. <laughs> oh, that's God. right up until someone pokes the bear that's Australia, and then you get, you know, refund policies, because fuck you, Steam. I still yes. love that Blizzard is afraid of Australian government now. <laughs> uh, look, I, I will always just laugh at the Steam one where they're like, no, 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 man, we're, we're in the United States, specifically DC, so we can do anything we want. And the ACCC was like, ha, 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 nah, cunt. <laughs> that doesn't work Selling here. shit here, can't you follow our fucking rules? <laughs> Damn I, I just right. like the fact that when they threatened, like, oh, we just won't sell in Australia. It's like, okay, good, good luck. Because there's a lot of demographic you're missing there. And they caved pretty hard. And you can everybody can thank Australia for Steam having a refund policy <laughs> because we got you that. Yeah, you're welcome. You don't that. poke the bear. <laughs> you don't poke the drop bear, let's be honest. <laughs> and it, with, uh, with the Spider-Man being dropped back down to the 94, if you look around... Epic Store still has it listed at 109, which is sort of weird. Like, that why has everyone strange. else dropped it? Have they just not got the message, or is are they just the like, fuck it? We're going to gouge that extra few dollars out of everyone. Maybe they like, think it's like NFTs. If like they hold on to it long enough, it goes back up in value. <laughs> the thing we haven't sold yet has to be worth some more now. Now they're, that they're, everyone else uh, can get it cheaper, they're crypto broing their own product, which is great. <laughs> 
I mean, I can't help but say fuck Epic. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I don't, I care, I don't care about their stupid browser. I don't, oh, not browser, their game launcher. It's terrible. A lot of the stuff on it's priced weirdly. They've caused piles of controversy. And I mean, I got to. I hate that business have no practice statistics. of taking games mm-hmm. right before launch. I fucking hate yeah. with it. The fact that's like, oh, we're just, this is ours now. This is exclusive for a year. Like, I'm not getting your fucking launcher. Go away. Yeah. It, yeah. It's exclusive for a year, and by the time it comes out everywhere else, no one else cares about it. Like, All yep. right, I didn't give a fuck about it as soon as it went to there. I'm not going to give a fuck a year later. Pretty Hell, much. a year later, you'll probably be able to pick it up as a Game of the Year edition with old DLC. Yeah. Mm. Like, Cheaper, too. Some company surely drop it on Epic, then patch the shit out. I drop it as a fucking alpha or beta on Epic, patch the shit out of it, and then just do another full launch when it goes to fucking Steam or GOG or fucking anywhere else. Mm. I, I, I mean, really like just want the, Epic to go under. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't want Epic to go under. I just want them to give up on the fucking launcher. Like, mm. Epic still makes stuff I like, but their launcher just needs to go die on a fire. It's, yeah. it's not worth the investment time. It's. And I mean, it clearly isn't because they're continuing to report losses on it. You can see that they're no longer getting, uh, what is it, like year-long exclusivity deals. Yeah, they're, they're dropping down, down to more like months. six to three months. Yeah. So clearly it's not panning out in the long run or people are, and I have zero statistics to back it up because, again, not a game developer, hmm. but clearly people aren't taking their deals as readily. There's no more, you don't really see the big like AAA title just suddenly goes to Epic. It's There's a lot more of like, no, no, it's it's going to come out in a couple of places. We're not we're not falling for Epic's crap. Well, the way that um, Epic functions is they pay out a certain amount of copies, right? Which is the projected amount that they want for the game. Now, the issue with that is once that happens, sure, they've made their money. They've made money back on investment. Awesome. But they're not going to be a runaway success. They're not going to get the additional sales they might have gotten had they just gone with a launch across all titles. Because... Sure, they got the bare minimum they needed to keep going, but they haven't gambled to get the possible extra. Mm. I mean, this is where I, I point to like the fact that I don't have any statistics because, like I said, you, you just aren't seeing those deals happen, which means clearly, much as you just said, it's it's got to be not paying out. Mm. Um, I remember I first heard about that being how that worked back when uh, Control came out. Their oh, developer okay. pointed out that they got a per, a percentage of what they thought they'd get, just as a lump. Hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's why you would go with Epic. Epic's willing to pay you before you even earn money. Yeah. And to a studio on an unknown product or a new IP, that probably sounds really good. Mm-hmm. It's like, we might get, I don't know, just for the sake of the discussion, let's say you get 40% of what you could make up front cool well we've already made 40% of what we think we'll get for this game without even trying yeah on a new IP that we don't know if is going to go off or not that's probably a pretty tasty deal but like I said you're not seeing that happen as much so I think something souring the milk and people have noticed definitely well, I it's think- souring the milk and communities like communities for certain games like if they're not releasing to such a, a broad spectrum of Every, you can get it any way you want. Whole sections of communities that don't like Epic Store are just completely ignoring the game. Like, yep. that happened, like, personally, I found when uh, 
Rebel Galaxy's Outlaws was meant to drop. It was like, oh, it's going to be everywhere. And then they had a deal for the Epic Store and it's like, well, I stopped giving a fuck and uh, I, me looking at it, majority of the, the Reddit page that was like, oh my God, this is coming out. It was like, oh, all right, well, it dropped off massively and suddenly it was like, so when's the Steam release? When's the Steam release? And that's all anyone really gave a fuck about. Yeah. And by the time it came around to it, like it went from... Like, I remember when I first signed up to it, it was like close to 30,000 people in the Reddit, like, subscribed to it. And when it actually dropped, it was just a couple of thousand. Like, it had dropped mm. that much because by the time it came out, who cared? Like, it was almost a soft boycott. Better games out there. It's like a weird soft boycott where people aren't actively going, you know what? Fuck Epic. We're all going to get together and stop it. But everyone's just gone, you know what? fuck Epic and on their own decided to wander off and not deal with it yeah not even just fuck Epic it's just fuck exclusivity I want to be able mm. to get it where I want it not yeah. Like, yeah I know they do it on con- like it's done a lot on consoles and that's mainly done to help sell a fucking console yeah and even that's sort of getting the foundations whittled away on it with more and more PlayStation games coming to the PC and a lot of uh, Xbox launch titles dropping day one on PC which is fucking awesome so yeah. PC is getting best of yeah. both worlds and we really haven't had to deal with exclusivity like all that much because normally if it comes out on PC you can just get it wherever you want but now there's certain stores that are trying to force it and people just don't want to fucking deal with it if I want a yeah. game I want to get it where I want to get it I don't want to have to deal with another fucking launcher Pretty I much. think the the best example of that was um, was EA because they started their own launcher. They picked up all of their toys and went, "Nope, we're not playing in the Steam sandbox anymore," and all fucked off and made their own sandbox. And uh, where do you buy your Steam? Where do you buy your EA stuff now? Back on Steam. Yeah, yeah. They they backed down on that after they realized just how much money they'd have to put into it. I think it's like, oh, we'd have to do this properly, all from the ground up, or just pay Steam to do it. Let's just pay Steam to do it. Fuck. It's easy. It's the same as uh, Activision Blizzard uh, finding mm. that now. Like, the next Call of Duty title is the first to be launched on a, on Steam in a fucking long time. They've always been on the fucking Blizzard launcher, which was shit in itself. Yeah. But there, there's more and more companies coming around to, oh, fuck, hang on. Someone else can manage all this bullshit. We don't I mean, have to Even do if you're going to... Even if you're going to make your own um, launcher, you need to integrate it. You, you need yeah. to have it play ball. Yeah. As much as I know we don't, we're, we're pretty sour on Ubisoft right now. I don't hate their launcher as much because when I, you could link it to Steam. So when I launched a Ubisoft game, it would just automatically log me into UPlay and launch the game. I yeah. didn't see UPlay. Yeah. So, like, if you want to have your own one, fine, but it's got to play ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be happier if uh, Ubisoft also came to the party and dropped all of their games on Steam as well. <laughs> just make great. life easier. <laughs> I mean, all their stuff is. Uh, not all of it. So, like, uh, The Division 2, which I played a lot of. Really? Like, that's not on there. Um, there's quite a bit. Um, I don't think uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's on there. I think it's still on... You, Some no, of their I, big stuff I, they keep on their launcher oh, until a certain point. I think there's still quite a bit sure. that's still limited to the you uh, play. I know their old back catalogs on Steam, 
Um, yeah, they've, but, they've dropped a heap of the old Splinter Cells and you know, oh, a lot of the games they fucking killed the servers for, they've dropped mm, onto Steam. Yeah. But I'm pretty certain most of their newer stuff is Uplay only. Hmm. Which is annoying. I could have sworn I saw Assassin's Creed on Steam. You may find some of the older ones, but the newer oh, ones yeah, are. Yeah. No, I meant, um, I meant like Valhalla. I know I didn't yeah. buy Valhalla on Steam because I went through their actual launcher because I could get a 20% discount by buying it through their launcher. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I did the same thing. Like you spend those little 100 tokens, you get a 20% discount. Yeah. That's I just could free not money get into right that there. Game. Like, could not for the life of me get into that yeah, game. Because it's not an, it's not an Assassin's Creed game. It's and an not RPG in a fun way, like an Assassin's Flag. Creed bow. Like Black Flag was not an Assassin's Creed game. That was a pirate game masquerading as an Assassin's game to get yeah, the popularity that, for it. That, but that's that was, that was a the pirate group. game with the Assassin's Creed logo on an eye patch. That's yeah. all it was. <laughs> it was like two sides of the same coin essentially. It's like, oh, there's the good version, and then there's Valhalla. Yeah, but you're finding even more like uh, so EA Plus or whatever it is their subscription model where you get access to all of that, all of those games. That's now available on Steam. Which mm. is pretty yeah. fucking cool. Um, Ubisoft have got their own, and apparently they're bringing that. Uh, apparently, that's meant to be added into the uh, uh, Xbox Ultimate, whatever the fuck that subscription service is. Oh, yeah. So you seem to be able to get all the Ubisoft games in that, which you can already get the oh, EA games yeah. in that. Nice. So, which is where I play them. Yeah. So I think like more and more of those things, if they're going to have them, they need to make them more accessible. They need to bring them out to more friggin' places. Cause I might have to yeah, buy otherwise, a next Xbox now. Yeah. Like <laughs> you put them in a walled garden, either you're going to lock people in or people aren't going to want to look over the fucking wall. Yeah. Well, the problem is those walls are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So more people can see the greener grass. Mm. Yeah. And they will start to jump ship. Because, like, back in the day, you know, when I was a kid, you know, you know, it was like, your Nintendo kid or your Sega kid. Um, <laughs> and the, the walls were really high because, mm. you know, I mean, when you're a kid, you also were at the behest of what will your parents buy you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the walls were very high. Like, there were big exclusives on both. You really couldn't get them anywhere else. These days... Not so much. There's definitely some big ticket items, but as more and more of them want to release on multiple platforms or, you know, coming to PC, those those walls are getting pretty, like, knee-high at this point. Yeah. You like, can see where the, the grass is greenest for the type of gaming you want to do. Yeah, brand loyalty is no longer really a thing for gaming, I think. Like, consoles, PC, there's there's still that whole thing of, oh, you know, PC versus consoles, but I don't give a shit. I will play a game on whatever I have access to. Yeah. Most gamers are the same. We don't give a damn about what it's being played on as long as the game is good. No, and the only real world garden that still exists is Nintendo. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is branching out, and Nintendo is still very much, no, lock the doors. You're either in here or well, you're out there. Mm. sort of it's really weird because like Nintendo's like no all our properties are ours go fuck yourself but at the same time they're like oh but the couple of games that do exist on other consoles like Minecraft alright we'll cross play with those yeah yeah. whereas well, that, it's that Sony comes about who's with the, like the Microsoft deal with friggin Nintendo like cause there was mm. the rumour of Master Chief being in Smash mm. like for a while yeah. there which never panned out but they're starting to bring other IPs into Nintendo stuff but I don't think you'll see a fucking oh, a no. Nintendo IP on another fucking 
console anytime no. soon. Nintendo no, no, no. are like the Disney of gaming, essentially. They've been grandfathered in for so fucking long that they've become like the gentleman's club kind of thing. Like, no, this is where the fancy hang out. You can't be in here, peasant. <laughs> like, and then they became a family think, kids console. Like, hmm. I think it's more that like Nintendo just decided they weren't going to play the game. They weren't hmm. going to get into the console wars anymore. They're so over it. They've been around the block enough times. They have enough of a fan base. They don't have to fight Sony and Microsoft or yeah. any other company. They can just do their own thing and fuck it. We're going to go play our own game. Which I'm kind of glad they did because we got the Switch out of it. We got the Switch out of it, but like, sure, they're not competing in the console wars as they are with like the Xbox and the PlayStation. Like More graphics, more power, more this, more that. All they're competing with now is is I've got a tablet with a set, like more processing power than the fucking Switch and the tablet's mm. fucking three years older. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's what well, they're the competing Steam Deck's with now. The, the Steam Deck's the big one that, that could possibly oh, start eating into them. Uh, a friend of mine recently imported one and I've gotten to hold and play with one and it's really good. I had yeah, really, so really is. Whether they want competition or not, they're getting it. Like, yeah. they oh, need they to do something will. to update fucking everything. Like, that... Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 that came out like it looks like an awesome game but the game world looks like a game that came out five years ago yeah like it doesn't look like a, a new oh my god fucking title it looks like a JRPG from five years ago on the Xbox or Playstation well at this point I like, think the Switch it, has become Babby's first console because it's yeah most kids are handed a tablet when they're you know very young to play with and poke the colorful things and a switch is just a slightly different way of doing uh, playing with a tablet like when you think mm. about it so that wouldn't suppose that's why it's the transfer across like oh they they know how to deal with this there you go and then well, move there's on. a Gateway reason the cartridges have got a bit of flavoring built into them to stop oh. the children from chewing on them <laughs> yeah like, like it's, oh, it's I so love the kid the, do not eat this when the internet found out about this and then every single person's like, well, now I have to lick the fucking cartridge. Like, why? Anyone listening to this that doesn't know, go find a Switch, find any cartridge and just lick it. Just see what happens. (laughs) Lick it. (laughs) Leave a comment and tell us what happens. Speaking of, um, of brand loyalties and the whatnot... Hmm. Sony's actually starting to shake a little in their boots with the whole Activision Microsoft deal because if that goes through, Microsoft will own Call of Duty and they're actually very and somewhat reasonably concerned that that might cause a bunch of console swaps. Yeah. It's been noted for a while now that Call of Duty is one of, if not, I can't remember, like I haven't got statistics up in front of me, but at one point it was the highest selling piece of digital entertainment was the Call of Duty franchise. uh, One of the arguments I had is it's that such a large title that it's one of the few things that when Call of Duty drops, they notice the drop in like sales for every other form of media, whether that be Mm. movies or music or like Netflix streaming. On a day that Call of Duty drops, apparently their viewer count drops significantly. Like that's how big a title it is, which is fucking... Mm sort of worrying if you're another company going oh fuck that that wasn't tied to anyone and now it could be that's well, a fucking imagine. big juggernaut oh, it's like they're meeting for said, that but they found out as a guy just bursting into the CEO's room it was like sir 
they've come for the cash cow. Like, <laughs> mother of God. So Microsoft has somewhat said that they're, they're looking to keep Call of Duty as a multi-platform franchise. Mm. Whether that stays that way or just for the next title, we'll see. I think the thing that's probably making Sony quake a little is uh, they've been they've been getting exclusive or early content for Call of Duty for a while now. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft takes over. Guess what's going out the window? Yeah, friggin' oath. Like and like some of that content was nothing. I think it might have been a skin here or a yeah. early access to a map here or there. And it's like mm. you get it a year later. That didn't always work. Sometimes it was eighteen months. Sometimes it was near fucking two years later. Which yeah. was mm. absolute bullshit if you're an Xbox gamer, which I was mm. for a long time. It's like, I just want to play the fucking map, or I just want that new set of fucking guns. Why can't I do that? And now with crossplay, it's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And now they're but absolutely all, going to be traveling. And all that is, if it's going to, if it continues, if Microsoft owns them, guess where all that exclusive content's going? Fucking Ain't got to be PlayStation. No, and it'll, like, sure, this like this iteration of Call of Duty, like, yeah, sure, it'll be on PlayStation. The next one too, and the next three will be on PlayStation. But eventually, down the line, it's like, mm, no, yeah. no, like it's the same as when they bought uh, Bethesda. I think or, uh, the the next Skyrim is mm, likely yeah. going to be an Xbox exclusive. Starfield, like. All of those titles that when they first look like first announced are like they're gonna be on everything. You know, like no, no, no you want to play that? Come to Xbox. That's got to be a real kick in the teeth to PlayStation because there's not a lot of other major companies out there that they can buy with titles that have that much of an impact. Like yeah. Ubisoft, maybe, but they haven't launched a title that has that has had that big of an impact in a fucking long time. Like, yeah. they've run more IPs down than they've brought up. Like, I mean, Assassin's they, Creed uh, isn't what it used to be. Like, Ghost Recon isn't what it used to be. They haven't had a decent Splinter Cell in a long fucking time. Yeah. Like, the main franchises have taken a yeah. Like, there aren't a lot of I other mean, independent believe, major franchises out there. I do believe Sony did uh, just sign, if not by... I'm uh, Bungie. Before I say, yeah, Bungie. Yeah, they've uh, they've bought Bungie and the development of uh, Destiny Two, I think it is, yeah, which yeah. is like, yay, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but like, it's the last big franchise group that you can probably likely get a hold of right now. Yeah, so it's like, should've okay, like, should have seen what CD Projekt Red do next, and if they fuck up, trying to pick them up cheap. Mm. If they'd yeah. pull another Cyberpunk. There'd be a few shots. Well, I don't think that's going to happen a second time. I fucking hope. I hope not. I don't know. (laughs) There's always some sharks in the water just waiting for that one to fuck up. Like, come on. Please drop the ball. Oh, very much so. And, like, even Ubisoft for a while there was like, we've got enough to go independent. No no one's going to buy us. It's like, why is no one even trying to buy us? (laughs) We're available. Someone put in an offer. Like, no one would even think well, of buying us Disney titles in the corner. Like, look what look what you've done to Ghost Recon. Look what you're doing to Assassin's Creed. Like, I'm why would we? Just waiting for like yeah. one of these big <laughs> so companies. Like, we'll let you run tanking. yourself into the ground a little further, and then we'll pick you up for real cheap. Yeah, when they tank, you just imagine Disney will be there, just appearing from the corner, like hello. 
We've come for your things. Would you like uh, to become part of Lucas Interactive? Join the House well, of Mouse. Look, that could be quite possible. Like, they're already doing uh, the Avatar game. They're apparently mm, working on a yeah. Star Wars game. They've already got ties to Disney. So if they fuck up a title and drop in value, Disney might just, hey, guy, come here. We're going to clear yeah. out the top end and just replace it with ours. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> We've got some pocket change we're going to throw at you. Now you're ours. Uh, we cracked out the animated swear jar. We can buy it with that. <laughs> <laughs> They're saving the programmer's swear jar for when something interesting but comes along. That's, the that's next Assassin's Creed DLC will be uh, fucking mousies. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, can you imagine running around stabbing people with a wrist blade dressed as Mickey Mouse? That would be pretty fun. <laughs> Just make a game and work in there like a noble house of mouse. God damn, he's already got the cloaked outfit from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. fuck, he does too. Pull the hood up. Fuck yeah. Fuck. They could absolutely do Assassin's Creed Disneyland. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. You're, the next Kingdom Hearts, they go, all right, what world are we in now? And then just fucking main character stabbed straight in the back of the head. All right, off we go again. Let's get the fuck out of this world. <laughs> But, I just want like Hitman. I would finally get to assassinate Goofy. <laughs> I just imagine like Hitman joins like the, the Disney repertoire. He's, oh, where should we go now, Sora? I'm like Sora, you are really tall. Why are you bald now? It is no answer, no reason to question. This. Keep going. <laughs> just I'm no, carrying the Keyblade. This is who I am. And that's, it's just Agent Forty Seven in Sora's clothes. Yeah, that's a that's actually a thought. There, uh, Hitman is IO Interactive, isn't it? Yes, I think so. And they're still independent. Yeah, true. Or are they owned by, uh, I think, or weren't they Konami or Capcom? I think someone owns I thought they were a subsidiary of someone. It might be Capcom. Like, there are still developers out there, I suppose. But what fish is going to be the next one to get landed, I suppose, is the the biggest question. Uh, They're owned by Square Enix. Ah. Ah, well... There you go. Square Enix just fucked off all of their Western Hemisphere development shit. Mm. So they're yeah, probably they out in the open. Um, Feeling very naked and exposed. Yeah. Like, between... I mean, according to the wiki, they're still owned by... Oh, no, wait. That was still 2017. Yeah. So um, they got rid of Hitman, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex. They got rid of a whole heap of shit. I actually quite like the Tomb Raider games, the most recent ones. They were, Me too. Like, the newer ones have been amazing. They've been fun. Like, the last, most recent one was a bit strange story-wise, but I still enjoyed it. Hell, well, it Seth and I dumped about friggin' Seth, like, we could have bought an actual copy of the game in the money we dumped into those stupid arcade <laughs> shooter games to play through it. Yeah. But that was I fucking just... awesome. We played through, like, 90% of it before we realised the gun we've been firing single shot the entire game you can hold the trigger and it's actually fully automatic it's like wow this is so much easier now you can just hold the trigger and point the you're accidentally game, like, like hard moding yourselves I think it was like the back order like, of that game was so easy once we realised it's an automatic pistol yeah so I'm getting cramped in my finger but I'm gonna kill him anyway it's like wait I can just hold it Oh, god damn. <laughs> Amazing. Because, like, we were getting really pissed off because there were all, like, these enemies that had run at you and then they'd go in, like, a berserk mode and wouldn't get stunned. It's like, how are you supposed to shoot these fast enough? Yeah. You're supposed to hold the trigger. Yeah, you just meant to hold on them for a second. It's like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> we could have literally just bought two copies of the actual game and gone and played oh, that. Yeah. But it was fun. I can't remember what the name I mean, of that bar is, but fuck a shout out to that joint. I'd highly recommend oh, be that. Lucky uh, be Lucky and Sons. Yeah. Good there place. Go. I like that one. If you're in Brisbane, check it out. Fucking great place. Hell yeah. It's basically a time zone that fucked a bar. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> it's the weird offspring from it. I really hope they expand soon. I want to see what they can add on to that. I would love that. Well, I think it's time given that it's the uh, middle of the month, that we uh, talk about our books. All right. We we read A Long Journey to a Small Angry Planet. Good book. And, uh, yeah, I really fucking like this book. It was a lot of... I think Dan said it best. It's basically like Slice of Life, but in space. Yeah. Yeah. Slice of Life sci-fi. The weird thing is, like, I was getting... I'm still going through uh, the Ten Realms, and I got to a point where I was like, uh, I, I should really switch over. And I switched this, the, the new book just to get through and read and make sure I you know, had things for today. And I really enjoyed it. It was the weirdest palate cleanser after going from the Ten Realms. Like, and then I went back to it afterwards, and I'm somehow reinvigorated for that book. It's like, how did this... What is this? Why? Yeah, and... <laughs> I think it's mostly just because you went from a book series that's so uh, big and epic and everything these guys are doing are reshaping the world. And then you just went to a book where, like, the most interesting thing about the crew is one of them turns out to be a clone. Yeah. like yeah. And not honestly, not a lot happens as a result of that revelation. But I no, really they literally skipped straight out of that. Yeah. I liked that the aliens were suitably alien. Like... They were interesting. They weren't just different skin tones. I can't picture in my head quite what Dr. Chef is. I have no No. idea. I keep thinking of the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland, and I don't know why. I thought he was like a centipede, but then like they kept describing it. I'm like, no, that's not right. I cannot picture him. My brain does not have the reference to decide what he looks like. I I kept thinking like a six or eight-armed monkey. Like, just with all hands. So, it's just a ball of, like, six or eight hands and a head. That's it. That's all I can picture That's of it right. as. And that it kept fucking work. changing. Yeah. Like, it, it was just changed depending on what, what was happening in the book. It's like, I don't yeah. know what you are, but I love your character. Yeah. Because, like, they'd have him talking, and it'd be like, oh, that I can picture him as the centipede. And then they'd have him be like, oh, he's making these, like, weird noises, which are, like, him laughing and things like that. And I'm like, no, that... My, my picture in my head isn't right. And I think it's particularly telling, particularly like, with his character, that all three of us picture him differently. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that like, they mentioned he puffs his cheeks, and it's like, I, this is such a strange image. Yeah. <laughs> but for um, an alien that's supposed to be from a dying race, of which you're probably never going to see another one, he feels absolutely suitably alien. I like the fact that his race was that they start female, and as they age, they become male once they hit basically menopause yeah. but that means that there is a life expectancy on his his species now yeah like there's a straight yeah. out if like something happens and either too many old or too many young die that's a straight out catastrophic event for oh, the entire in species the, yeah. in the story he's his yeah. race is dying there's only like 300 of them left yeah. and that's it they're, they're, they're an extinct species they're just they haven't like, died at, yet as, as an evolution that's decision. all it takes like just one yeah. major event 
And that's exactly what happens. They've literally, like, they go through and describe the war they've been through. I was like, holy fuck, that sounds horrific. Oh, no, yeah, like, the ripper bullets that they talk about? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, That's just fucking brutal. But actually going through it and, like, they get to the end of the war, it's like, the war didn't stop. Everyone just sort of like, we we don't want to do this anymore. Like, we're done. Like, we're done with the universe. We're just out. Enough yeah, of the higher ups fucking... died that the rest of people who are still yeah. fighting, like, why the fuck are we still fighting? Mm. Like, oh. But, like, all the way through, it was very much like a, you could see it as a slice of life anime. Like, here's mm. the first episode. Mm. This is what happens. Here's all the crew. You know, here's the first major event. There's your episode. That's tied up in a bow. Next episode. And they go yeah. through the whole, like, each. Each character on the ship has like their major event that they're worried the other, the rest of the crew will find out or something they need to break through. And they go through the entire ship. Yeah. And then they get to the end. It's like, oh my God, this has fucking happened. Like you can see the big epic event. Like you see that'd be the, the 45 minute to hour long episode. And mm. then the big monologue at the end of like, how fucking dare you do this? You don't really give a fuck about all of this. And then yeah. like you fade to black. Season two. It's like, yeah, you can see that it's very much a like oh yeah a no, it's, script for a, an anime right there. It's built for it. I swear, it's amazing. And yeah. every character, I really enjoyed the characters. Even the one who you're meant to hate by the end of it, it's like you're not that big of a douchebag. Okay, but I, I no, get it's not. That. you're a douche, but you're a, a douche I can sort of understand. Yeah, I, I yeah. get why you're a douche. You know, because yeah. that all came. I understand your character a little more, and you're still a fuckwit, but. I can see why you're a fuckwit now. Yeah. Like, and uh, I really got to give some credit to the the person that got to read the book because they really brought it to make each character feel alive. Yeah. Mm. Particularly yeah, so. um, uh, Kizzy, yeah. the, the female yeah. mechanic. Like, that... I swear to God, that has to be that voice actor's favorite character because they go to the fucking wall to make this character sound so energetic and so yeah, fun so and bubbly. bubbly and fun it was yeah no I liked it so that character reminded me of um, uh, what's the name from Firefly yeah Kaylee Jules yeah Kaylee from Firefly I was like that's all I could picture in my head like this character's like oh my god let's fix a ship let's do something yeah. Hey. yeah and like that was just fucking cool it's like we're gonna get raided they're gonna find my stash oh shit <laughs> that was just fucking oh, brilliant oh yeah the space cops. I forgot about them. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that is a thing that I want to talk about. The fact that their drug was called Smash. And I'm assuming when this yeah. book was written, it didn't have the same connotations that it does now. Because at one no. point, the guy is like, hey, Smash before bed. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was a fun oh. one. Jinx. That's, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the other the other mechanic yeah. who actually probably gets the most brutal arc in this oh, book. Yeah, no, he does. Oh, fucking oath! And like yeah. for their counterpart characters, like holy shit, like this is a pretty cool character. And then like there's that chance. Oh my god, are they gonna wake up? Oh, well, fuck you and fuck this book. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean like we're, we're okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say spoiler here. Because I really want to talk about Jenks's arc because I think it's probably the most interesting in the whole book. Um, yeah. Do you want to wait for like the last one to go through his arc, or? All right, uh, all right. We'll talk about the other characters first, but yeah. like I really do want to talk about Jenks. Oh yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert, because it might go a little more in depth with some of the characters. So yeah. Yes. 
Um, so, um, God, my brain is blanking on character names. <laughs> it's just too much info. Um, you know, character names I, are just shut out the window. I, yeah. It's more that like some of the characters get more time than others. Oh, yeah. And some of them have more memorable arcs than others. Yeah. Or they're like arcs that are probably going to happen more in the next three books that are, in, that these characters exist in. Um, like, yeah, the main, yeah, the main character was Rosemary. Yeah, Rosemary. Like, it was um, all from her perspective. Yeah, so it a lot of the the she gets to be kind of part of everyone's story to some degree. Yeah, um, she's kind of probably got the most passive. Um, even her secret isn't that. Yeah, revelation. Well, it, and in the end, like her story arc of like why she's where she is and like why she's run away from her family, and then the revelation of when she's on the small angry, like near the small angry planet. And she can see the impact of that. Like the, yeah. mm. there's these aliens with the guns that her father sold. And it's like, Oh, like that's where it's sort of her arc hits. Like her arc happens mm. way earlier in the book, but the impact of it doesn't hit until much later. Oh yeah. But, and it and really feels like it hits because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the way the character suddenly goes, Oh fuck, this is the impact this has had. Like, mm. not just, it's affected me so much, I can't escape. It's like, no, this is going to affect, like, a lot of people. So yeah. many. Like, yeah, no, it was a fun arc, but Sissix uh, was the the pilot, the, the yeah. lizard. Which I liked like, and, the background for that, that species. That was pretty fun. Yeah. And they actually like do a that, really good job. Yeah, and that was, it was good in that it, like, normally uh, you read a book and it's like, the reptile race, okay, this is either going to be, like, a vicious barbarian or bloodthirsty or it's going to be the main fighter in some fashion. Hmm. Not in this case. And I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. In fact, they have such a, like, there's a really great scene, uh, probably about a third of the way into the book, where Sissix runs into another one of her race Hmm. and... They, they have this really like long tender moment and it you you get to find out a lot more about how their their society works and you find out that this person um has communication problems and that is a real issue for her species because they use verbal and non-verbal communication and this yeah. person would be the equivalent of someone in for a human who would heavily stutter yeah heavily stutter not or that, like but- an autism kind of thing like it can't they have yeah. no way to actually connect to the people around them and that's that's the major issue with their society because you have to be able to connect. They're a very yeah. free love, open, touchy-feely society and this one individual in all of that can't do it. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, when you first they read it, you look at it and go like, what the fuck's going on? Like, this lizard is just shagging in the middle of the street and then you learn why the whole thing is going on. It's like, oh, fuck, that was and so much more than just, it, like, lizards getting it on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing that's really interesting about it is, like, because you're you're getting the perspective from Rosemary and, yeah. um, and Kizzy, and they think that they're about to fuck, and then yeah. they don't. And then you find out later that it's it was all about that physical uh, contact that Sissix was just trying to give someone who is essentially touch-deprived a little piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. And because, like, there's other of her race on this planet, but they ignore this one because they can't communicate properly. Yeah. yeah. And Sissix takes the time, and it's just a really great scene, and you get to learn so much more about how their race 
functions. The and only it, issue it's just I all woven. With... Like this happens all through the book yeah. with all the characters. Yeah. The only issue I have. You don't feel like you get the... the world that much. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't feel like there's this giant plot dump of this is how my culture works. It's, yeah, it it's felt just a lot more part of the story. Mm. Yeah, and it's like you're not just like spoon fed like here's this person, here is their culture. Now expect that for the rest of the book. It's mm. literally your inner character in a like your the eyes of the character in this world and the world is just happening and then you find out the little bit of depth maybe well after the events mm. that have happened then you can look back on them and go oh fuck alright you're literally taking the view of the character and learning what that actually meant it's not just okay this happened now here's explanative of why everything is happening anyway back to the story because it also and wasn't really just that, that touch deprived thing because that's also when they talked about the feathers um, passing yeah. the yeah. feather back and forth means that you fundamentally touch someone's life like, yeah mm. not just a, a passing hey how you going it's like you this interaction has changed me in a, a way for either the positive or however, but hmm. here's a piece of me. And like, that's just a really interesting way of putting it. Like these lizard I people mean, have got this big f- thing of feathers, but they keep a, their own collection of other people's feathers on their wall. That's yeah. Yeah. it actually, it goes further than that because their race is, uh, what is it split up into uh, three sets? You have your hatchling group, uh, the groups you associate with and what they call your feather family. Yeah. And your feather family yeah. is the groups of people that you have given feathers to or received feathers yeah. from. Yeah. So the act of giving feathers isn't even just a respect thing. It's 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 so much more than that. Yeah. It, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Like this character takes everyone home for pretty much Thanksgiving, and it's like, what if, what if there's someone in your feather family you don't like? It's like, well, you understand that someone else in the feather family does like them enough to have them here, and you may have your differences, but you need to get along with everyone so you just mm. deal with it you suck and it that's and... that's pretty fucking cool like I know not everyone gets along with the, the family they're born to and it's just like that's pretty fucking cool yeah yeah it was a nice departure um, from the, the standard oh big dumb lizard archetype which yeah cool. big yeah. dumb lizard absolutely eat everything the only issue I had with uh, that whole scene where she meets the other lizard is directly after that is the scene where she's molting. And it's not yeah, explained yeah. until a good way into that scene that she's molting, that she's shedding. Yeah. Like, did she catch yeah. a rash from this other person? Yeah, is that an STD? What the fuck? <laughs> but again, that, you're looking at it through the character's eyes because that character has no idea what the fuck is going on until later on yeah. when they're told about it. Yeah. And it helps make them feel suitably alien because, mm. you know, if you think about it, the, we're used to seeing, you know, we see snakes and stuff shed, but it's not that big a deal. There's not, it's not so extreme, but you scale that up to a person-sized creature and it's not even coming off in one simple sheet. It would look terrifying if you yeah. didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And they try to convey that and they do a reasonable job of me going like, what the fuck is this? What What is wrong with Sizzix? Mm. And then it's like, oh, I'm just get, the Dr. Chef just gets out essentially a, a big fucking file and just starts grating off yeah, the old a, skin. A the old file skin. and chamomile lotion just rubs it in and files it off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jinx. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. Such uh, a- there were yeah. Look, there were a couple other decent characters, but they have like again their plots aren't really that 
explain uh, Kizzy's is mostly just a background character, but she is so infectious that Captain and Pay is something that I think will happen in a later book. It's mostly set up this time. Yeah. And same yeah. with the Sidonid pair. Uh, yeah. Their story, I think, will continue more oh, yeah. in I later books that, than in this one. That's a smaller arc for a bigger thing later on, like yeah. how it feels anyway. But Jinx's one is is the, the big one. And that actually, I really love a lot of the stuff they did with this. So Jinx is another mechanic. And he, like, they have an AI on the ship. It's called. It's actually called Lovelace, but because it's been with them so long, they've nicknamed it Lovey. And it's developed over the years in having its own personality and the whatnot. And Jinx actually loves the AI. Yeah. And there's this really great scene where I thought was going to get weird, and then I actually think was really, really good, where he's in the like the big pit where Lovey's core is, hmm. and. At one point, they're, they're, they're talking, and um, I can't remember what he said. He basically says he's going to... They talk about how they just want to... He wants to sleep for a little bit. And what he does is he takes off all his clothes, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is he going to try and fuck this computer? <laughs> yeah, no, I had <laughs> this that This is fucking weird. And then he doesn't. What he does is he sits down in the core pit right up against where um, Lovey's core is, leaning against it, and gets her to turn off all the cooling vents. So that the room becomes warm, so that it's yeah. like he's pressing up against a warm body. Yeah, it's just like, wow. There's nothing creepy here. This actually feels like if two people were just cuddling, mm. yeah. but it's between a dude and a machine. But it's told, and the scene is so well crafted. You feel some of the emotion he has yeah. toward this machine. Mm. And all the way through, I I thought myself reading it is like, is this like we're going to get to the end and it's just a computer program. It's little more than an AI that's just sort of like grown these responses. But then you mm. find later on that from the minute it's been turned on, it's records everything that goes on in the ship yeah. and every interaction for everyone else is just dumped in a file. But every interaction with Jinx is carefully put in its own separate file and labeled and dated. And like, so there's an actual mm. like, completely different connection there than it has to everyone else on the ship yeah yeah and going through it's like holy fuck like once you start to see like the the difference it has with the interaction between him and the care he has to every other characters like everyone else sort of treats it like a computer and it's not until the end of the captain starts saying it's another crew member but Mm. Jinx has said that from the fucking get go and just and they the have difference this great, there. There's this great plot with him where he's trying to get a body for her. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he actually does end up paying for it and he gets it, but they get attacked by pirates and... No, this was kind when of shakes him. No, no, this, like, no, that's no, that when they hit from the, the angry planet. No, no, that, no, no, I'm talking about before that oh, when yeah, he yeah, decides yeah. that they're not gonna do it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's after the pirates when he realizes yeah. that he could have lost her if she wasn't part of the ship. That contributed, yeah. but um, he makes it a change when the guy's caught for being a clone because it was so many decades after and he's still yes. caught. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, sorry. I knew it was somewhere in there. I couldn't remember exactly because I know he starts questioning it after the pirates. Mm. Um, yeah. Because he knows that one of the big reasons that Lovey was safe was they weren't going to trash Lovey. But if she'd had a body, they might have. Yeah. Um,. But you're right, it is after the clone because they're worried about getting caught at some point because Lovey will be destroyed if she's in a body if 
the authorities catch up. Mm. Um, and they had this great arc where they actually, he constantly asks Lovey, like, what do you want? He treats the AI not like a thing that he can get out and then, oh, yes, I have my robo-girlfriend. No, he, he treats her like a person mm. and he wants to get to this body, but only if she truly wants it. And they get to this weird point where it's like, well, maybe just you and a core and me and a bay is as much as we need. We we don't yeah. have to use the body if we don't want to. Hmm. But the big crux of the whole thing is they get to the, the, the angry planet and all the aliens there. And as they're getting ready to do their big tunnel back, they get shot. And yeah. the ship is heavily damaged. And they get to a point where Lovey is essentially dying. They, she and isn't connected how they handle to that is fucking yeah that was yeah. a really like you actually gave a fuck about an AI like an AI that mm. was dying in this thing like everything's falling apart and breaking and how it's affecting that character is like wow like it's not a flesh and blood character actually writing an AI in a way that like oh you can't just turn it off and on again like that was really fucking interesting but it's even worse and then, than of course, that, considering they have that Hail Mary chance to bring her back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they Which actually I do do the on to. and off again. Yeah. yeah. And I was expecting, oh, yep, they'll turn it off, they'll turn it on, and Lovey will be alive. It'll be fine. Yeah. And it's not. Lovey no. resets to factory default. Yeah. And yeah. has none of the last, I think it's three years they've had Lovey. Yeah, no. none of those experiences. Years. Doesn't yeah. know like, anybody... The reason they think there's a chance is because, like, Lovey saved its entire fucking memory banks into different parts of the ship. And so when they turn mm. it off and back on again, like, it was the flip of the coin of whether it'll recognize that those files are its own files or just scrap things and get rid of the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck, like, well, this has been a pretty, like, not, like, not exactly lighthearted, but it hasn't been a a rip and tear book for the entire fucking thing. Like they're going to mm. turn it back on and you're going to get lovey back. And it's like, Oh shit. There was the fucking tense moment. No. Then they just stab you and fucking start twisting. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the reaction from Jenks is so visceral, oh, even yeah. with like, they don't give you many scenes with him. They don't, they don't like talk about like how he's like crying and not. No, they, you just hear mostly secondhand accounts of what Jenks does from other people reacting to it. Like, apparently he uh, bolted for the escape pods and threw himself into one because Lovey's dead. Yeah. And people had to go get him, and they're really worried because he's just grieving. And it's it's so intense, but, like, none of it's with, like, some dude going, Ah, my robot's dead! Yeah. No, it just feel You just get the emotion part but without the It feels like someone who's lost a loved one, and mm. then... Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, all they're left with is a husk and memories and they can look at this like look at this AI when it's turned back on but it's not that person anymore it's mm. like oh that's fucked like that would suck worse than actually losing yeah. someone yeah it's a definite twist of the knife and it's really well done but it's like why but also yeah. fucking amazing so it's just yeah no, I but, like yeah that. and then like but they decide like another arc that I think will be in another book is like Lovey then takes the body that like the the, the robot body that they'd already organized elsewhere just so this AI who is for like I suppose sentient I don't know if it needs to grow more or not but it it'd be too hard for 
Jinx can't, like Jinx to be on this ship, but Jinx wants to stay mm. on that ship. So Lovey fucks off in a robot body, and they get another AI who then starts to become a bit more of the family because that open wound mm. is no longer sitting there every time they need help for doing anything on the yeah. ship. It's like that was like, about just that an interesting AI. way of doing it. Yeah, that new AI um, was that the one from the when the captain goes to the hearing or goes yep. to the meeting? Because yeah, I, I, it yeah. is. Because that's when the captain stops and asks the AI its name. Yeah, because uh, from the like the beginning of the book, every time they go anywhere, Jinx is like, he's he's the one that stands back and talks to the AI that's giving mm-hmm. the safety announcement. He sits there and stands through the whole thing and then thanks the AI at the end of it because he's got this relationship with Lovey through the whole thing, which yeah. you don't really think about. And he's just like, well, it's a quirk of someone who just fucking stands there. Mm. And then the captain's like, oh, well, fuck, hang on. Like, Lovey is this, and I now consider that to be part of the crew, which is a person. So maybe all these other AIs are actually people. Then it's like, oh, fuck. Well, thank you for being here. And, like, that was mm. just a really fucking cool write-in. But it just, it makes yeah. me wonder, did he nick that AI? <laughs> As he's walking out the room after giving the generals a telling off, you no, no, you're coming with me. You're mine now. Just... Well, if the AI is technically sentient, true, couldn't it just go elsewhere? That is true. But I, I think even Lovey mentions there are other versions of her, so he may have to like, I'm gonna grab that yeah. one. Yeah, the Lovelace is a model of AI. Yeah. Yeah. Which means they might eventually run into a different Lovelace. Which would be interesting. Theoretically, and that would be Ooh, I don't really wanna I I mean I wanna read it, but like I also don't because that is gonna be a a real visceral moment for um for Jenks. Yeah. Yeah, it won't be fun. Also, just as a fun thing to point out, the fact that he comes from space anti-vaxxers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there was a human purist who refused to take off their Enviro suits if they go out into yeah. the galaxy. Uh, there's people who have become basically primal again. They've reduced the cavemen because that's how they think they should be. Uh, so they hunt for their food and all that kind of stuff. And he was born in one of those communes. And eventually, because things went wrong with his birth uh, he's he was malnourished and that yeah, kind of thing he's malnourished and not short. looked after yeah he's very small and and that kind of thing and they're like ah oh, we'll just kill him oh uh, yeah we we can't look after him he's a burden so the mother runs and manages to get up to like the ring around earth and it's like yep yeah, nope that's fine you were just space anti-vaxxers this is the strangest thing ever yeah yeah <laughs> when they find a few of the missionaries out in the middle of nowhere and it's like don't make eye contact don't make eye contact ah oh, fuck yeah. I looked at one of them I made eye contact he's coming over it's like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> and oh. the only one who gave a fuck was the lizard the one that yeah. he didn't want to fucking talk to <laughs> <laughs> pretty much because uh, they're not just space anti-vaxxers they're like mega space racist yeah I know they oh, are yeah. massively xenophobic to anything that isn't human yeah. Don't look at our earth flower. It's only our earth flower. <laughs> no. You can't touch this earth. But like the it, it's really well done. Like I love that scene because Sissix knows that she's pissing him off. Yeah. But she's being so polite about it. Yeah. And the she's the only one that's being polite. The other two humans that he really wants to talk to want absolutely nothing to do with him. And so he wants to get his information out there, but he sort of has to give it to this individual he really doesn't want to fucking talk to and that's just a great dynamic of the conversation yeah, yeah. but I really enjoyed this entire book and I honestly think yeah. I'll keep the yeah. other ones um, hidden away for like between books 
Yeah, I'm going from with, one to another. I'm gonna listen to one of these just to like get my head somewhere yeah, fun. A, a good uh, a good come down book. Like you read yeah. a book that's like, yeah. oh my god, fucking this shit happened, and then it's like, fuck, just a story. That's all yeah. I want, and that's exactly yeah. what this book was. Very much sci-fi slice of life, and I loved it. It was great. I'm really happy. And yeah. now, of course, we have to move on to our book for next month, which is Jondo's pick. Yeah. Yes, um, it's finally gotten around to me, and uh, I got recommended it by my uncle who's currently listening to it, and I'd never heard of it before, and it's uh, Catch-22 by uh, Joseph Heller, uh, narrated by Trevor White. Um, We'll put a link to it in the description of this episode uh, for anyone that wants to listen as well. It's uh, about a, a, a group from the... Uh, 256 bomber squadron during World War II and some of their antics and how they're trying to get the fuck out of the war, but they just can't. They, well, yeah, the Catch-22 is, the, uh, is a The original fucking... Catch-22, which is the, uh, it, you can only leave the army or you know whatever armed force if you're crazy, but the sheer fact of saying I might be crazy means you're not crazy. So it's yeah. like, ah, yeah, there's a, a number of, a number of other instances of the Catch Twenty Two in there. Like uh, you could fly 50, uh, 50 missions, mm. uh, and then you then you've got the chance to go home. But if you're ordered by a superior officer to stay, you have to stay. Yeah, it's just you've got the chance to go home. And mm, yeah, but so I've I've read a bit of the blurb, and I'm looking forward to it. I have there no idea actually, what style of book it's going to be, but I'm looking forward yeah. to it. There is a series for it, which I've seen, which is great, but I want to see where they differ. Like, I'm keen to see what's changed between book and TV show. Um, hmm. yeah. But also, I know for a fact that Colonel... Was it Colonel Klinger from MASH? The guy who was always trying yeah, to get Klinger. out? Yeah, he was yeah. All, yeah, he was based on these kinds of like same antics um, because he was doing the thing of, I need to leave. You should let me go. I'm clearly insane. It's like, well, you're not insane, so goodbye. Yeah, you know you shouldn't be here, so you're obviously lucid enough. <laughs> yeah. But I'm yeah, actually quite so. keen for this one to be fun. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I read... Uh, it, is this based on something, or is it just straight fictitious? It's based um, on real events, but I, don't, I think it's like taking liberty. It's satire of real events. Yeah. It's not yeah. exactly yeah. like, these all happened. It's like mm. instances of this happened here and there, but it's not really a yeah an actual thing. Um. Still, I, I haven't read anything that's even uh, tried to be factual in in a war thing in a while. So mm. I'm actually pretty keen. Yeah. Something different, which would be good. A, a very turn to left field from what we've been listening to. Well, <laughs> sci-fi well, we've covered and, our basics uh, now. We've lit gone, RPG, uh, yeah. Yeah, we've gone fantasy, uh, and now we've gone on to, like, you know, sci-fi, and now it's on to just fiction, or, like, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Military. Military. Yeah. Hmm. So very interesting so I mean that's a good way to start our first three books is have three very different ones yeah yeah it, it's not normally a genre I'd listen to but my uh, my uncle described it to me and said that actually sounds pretty interesting and I'd like to listen to it though well, what what better way than to fucking share it so Absolutely. if yeah. I've got to suffer through shit you two have to as well <laughs> I mean, sooner or later, we're going to hit the stinker and we're all going to be oh, like, God damn it, this was the worst but, month. We're going to discuss this book. How far did you get? First page. 
Yep, oh. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to make the rule ahead of time that if you pitch the book, you must listen to that book all the way oh, through. Yeah. Regardless oh, of yeah. stinker, if- one person has to get through it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely fair. If you pick it, you suffer the whole thing, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah but you got to at least give it a chance. Like, yeah, gotta 100%. Do, do half the book at least. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, so I think that's pretty much us done for this week. Uh, I do want to just uh, shout it out again, that, uh, that bonus episode with Oliver from New Ed Sword and Sorcery. Yeah. Uh, we were super so happy doing that interview and I just want to yell it out again because please go listen to it it was really really fun and we really want to have him on again yeah Yeah. he was a great bloke and it is a really awesome topic I'm actually really um, keen to get a hold of a copy of this thing just yeah especially the fact it comes in hardcover yes and after we don't talking want to him, I've gone the... through and read so much more of, of what he's recommended on there. And it's like, holy fuck. Like, I knew the genre, but I didn't know exactly what the genre was. And yeah. it's very, very cool. And if you want to know more, you're going to have to go listen to the episode. We're not going to spoil any more videos. No. <laughs> <laughs> go check it out. That was a taste. All right. Hooked. Y'all have a good one. Bye. See ya.